Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So these are my four points on both Fremantle and West Coast to get you four-wheel driving to work today. When SEN's Paul Hazelby declared that Jai A. Miss was on target for a 40-goal season, I thought Hayes was dreaming. The kid is 19 years old. He's barely set foot in the gym in either of his summers at the Dockers. I thought 40 goals? No way. Hayes, I know we're only halfway through the season, but I take my hat off to you, mate. After 11 games and after he missed round one, Amos has 19 goals after three at the weekend. That puts him on track, provided he plays every game and stays at the same rate. Puts him on track for a 41-goal season. I would have thought he's owed a Rising Star nomination now, but whether he gets one or not, he has been mightily impressive. Point two on Fremantle. Bailey Banfield is now in Fremantle's best 22. Banfield is 25. He started as a tagger. He was reinvented as a pressure forward. And for a long time, we thought the team would gradually move past him as they got better. But check out his last month. 14 disposals and two goals against Hawthorne. 15 disposals and a goal against Sydney. 20 disposals and four shots on goal for one goal three against Geelong with eight score involvements. And then 14 disposals, two goals, including the sealer, and five score involvements against Melbourne at the weekend. He's big enough to give a contest in the air. He works hard enough to always apply pressure. He's still getting better at the pressure forward role, and he's always selfless. He stays in the team now. Point three on Fremantle. Matt Johnson is going to be a very good player. I reckon this bloke has grown and improved just about every time he stepped onto an AFL field. And his 20 disposals against the Demons were a step up even from the 22 that he had against Brisbane when he was suspended for his dangerous tackle on Dane Zorko. Johnson's awareness of what is around him is as good as I have seen from a young player after a handful of games. And he's a long way from the finished product. The fact that he was brought straight back into the team after serving his suspension when fellow youngster Neil Erasmus had done very little wrong in the two games that he played tells you the Dockers think they have a serious player. Point four on Fremantle. If Hayden Young continues his current form, he should be in the All-Australian team by the end of the season. Young was one of several Dockers who were tad off a tad off early in the season, but he has got better and better over the past month. 644 metres gained from his 27 disposals against the Ds. Nine intercept possessions. He has been great in recent weeks, and this was his best game of the year. One of those intercept possessions, a massive one in the last quarter. He came off Bailey Fritch, took the punt, and took an intercept mark in front of a pack in the... Uh, defensive 10 metre square in the last term. He has been huge for the Dockers in their four wins over the last month. Four points to come out of West Coast's 50-point loss to Essendon. One, 
Jaden Hunt has been a very good addition to the team and would be in the top five of the club's best and fairest at this point. Hunt was one of his team's very best against Essendon. 34 disposals, 684 metres gained. He gives the Eagles something they desperately need, speed and the willingness to take the game on. Were the Eagles ever likely to win against Essendon on Saturday night? Not really. They were always one or two goals too far back. But they look better when they are not just in survival mode and Hunt helped to put them on the front foot. He was an unrestricted free agent at the end of last season. He cost the Eagles nothing. We can pot the Eagles for some of their list management decisions, but Hunt at 27 or 28 years of age is a very good get for them. Point two, Shannon Hearn, the old bloke. The bolder he is with the ball, the better he plays and the better he is for the Eagles. Let's face it, he is one of the best kicks the Eagles have ever had. And when he plays it safe, as unfortunately he's been a bit prone to do in recent games, it is just a waste of his possessions. He was bold and went up the corridor with a number of kicks in on the weekend and it helped get the Eagles moving. He had 27 disposals and gained 550 metres for his team. His bold approach with the ball seemed to make him bolder in general play, and it was great for the team. Point three, Oscar Allen has put himself in the captaincy conversation. If you are a regular listener, you'll know I'm a massive fan of Liam Duggan being the Eagles' next skipper, and I thought Duggan led well when given the chance in recent weeks. But Allen did himself no harm on the weekend when he kicked four goals against the Bombers. It means he's kicked 29 goals for the season, and when you consider the, the season that the Eagles are having, that is an extraordinary performance. He's a really smart player in how he leads. He marks everything he is in position to mark, and while he missed a couple of shots on goal on Saturday, he normally kicks very straight. For all their issues in other areas, the Eagles have options when it comes to their next leader, Surely there will be a change of captaincy next year with Luke Shuey's age and ongoing soft tissue issues. It's a three-way race now. Oscar Allen, Liam Duggan and Tom Barris are all capable of being West Coast's next captain. And point four, Bailey Williams is now West Coast's most improved player. He had to step into the role of being the lead ruckman from round one when Nick Natanui succumbed to Eagles uh, to Achilles tendon issues. He has played a lone hand in the ruck more often than not with only makeshift support. I reckon he's one of the few Eagles whose game has grown significantly this year. And he had a great duel with Sam Draper from Essendon on Saturday night, and Draper is a serious AFL ruckman. Williams won the hitouts 33-19 against Draper and Nick Bryan. He had 12 disposals. He, two, he took two great contested marks. He should have kicked a first-quarter goal after one of those marks, and he shanked the kick. But you can see that Bailey Williams is starting to understand just how athletic he is, and there is a confidence about him now that he didn't have at round one. This is what happens when you have an injury disaster like the Eagles have had this year. You will find players you didn't realise you had. This was Williams' 37th game. He is 23 years old. He is just coming into his prime as an AFL ruckman. What do you think, folks? You can share your thoughts on my thoughts on the temper at Bedshed text line. That is on 0487 736 736. You can call us on the open line.
13, 12, 55. But they are my four points for Isuzu Utes. And you can live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max. My four points on West Coast and Fremantle at the weekend. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll have Michael Barlow, the former Fremantle docker, the former Gold Coast son, the current Werribee VFL coach. We'll get his thoughts on the Dockers at the weekend. We'll get his thoughts on how much better the Eagles were. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Toolkit Depot studio out here at Optus Stadium in Perth, looking out the window. It's a... Oh, I can feel the transition taking place from autumn to winter, unfortunately, and autumn is lovely in Perth. Winter is still winter. It's great to have your company. It's a big day. We will, as usual on Tuesday, have Fremantle legend Paul Hazelby, of course, one half of the run home with Hayes and Mardo at 3 p.m. weekdays on SEN. He will dissect Fremantle's great seven-point win over Melbourne at the MCG, their second round 11 win against the Ds at the G in as many years. We're going to talk to AFL Life member, West Coast legend, great goal-kicking champion, Josh Kennedy, about the Eagles' 50-point loss to Essendon. It was better than the 116-point loss against Hawthorne the week before. Yes, absolutely it was, but it's a long way to go before the Eagles can produce a performance that Adam Simpson is going to be able to hang his hat on. What did Josh make of it? We will find out this morning. And we'll also talk to... The Eagles general manager of football, Gavin Bell, about the ongoing injury turmoil at the club and West Coast strategy heading into the mid-season rookie draft, which takes place tomorrow. Gavin may have some news for us when we speak to him after our first break. How many picks will the Eagles take? And will he give us a hint as to who they take first? Who should they take first? You can let us know and have your say on the show. You can join in on the Temper at Bedshed text line. That is 0487 736 736. Or you can call us on the open line. That is 13 12 55. But we are brought to you by Isuzu Utes. You can live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max. Let's get started with some Isuzu D-Max four-wheel driving you to work. Four points about West Coast and Fremantle to start us off. Point one, the Eagles will wait until they get news about Jermaine Jones' surgery on his ankle before they commit to taking a second pick at the mid-season rookie draft. They will definitely take one pick. If I was them, I would be taking two. As I mentioned on Scotty and Goss for breakfast a few minutes ago, if nothing else, the second pick will add durability to a fragile squad. Last week, club chairman Paul Fitzpatrick told us they needed to start planning for the worst outcomes with the returns from injury of their senior players. And for me, that means taking more than one pick. My understanding is that the Eagles have sought and received uh, an undertaking from the AFL that if the surgeon's report on the likely comeback time for Jones is close to the end of the season, they will be allowed to free up a list spot. My argument would be that Jamie Cripps, in particular, might be touch and go enough for the Eagles to take at least that one extra pick, add some durability to their squad, get some stability into their waffle team, create a better environment for their young players to develop in. Point two, 
If you are the Eagles, would you take Gippsland Powers, Ryan Marich, with your first pick? Marich is a 193-centimetre second or third forward who's shown good aptitude also playing in the midfield and defence. He's shown a lot of character because his weight blew out during the COVID-19 pandemic. He's fought his way back to full footy fitness. He's got good footy smarts. He's said to be a very popular figure amongst his teammates, and he's said to be okay with a move to Perth to play for the Eagles. There appears to be a general consensus that he is either the number one pick or the number two pick in this draft. Do you want the mid-sized tall with a number of uses, or would you prefer the big bloke with a specific use, like Claremont's Jack Buller? Huge competitor, 199 centimetres tall, 100 kilograms heavy, comes at the ball with some serious intent. What do you think? Point three, can Fremantle win a challenge to Jager O'Meara's one-match ban for the dangerous tackle on Melbourne's Charlie Spargo on the weekend? O'Meara pinned Spargo's left arm and took him to ground with momentum, which is the exact action that has gotten players suspended throughout this year. I have just one query on the one-match ban. Did Spargo's head actually hit the ground? No, his hair brushed the ground, but Charlie has a lot of hair. He certainly bounced up like his head didn't make any contact. And can a player be suspended because the action is likely to cause injury if the action did not result in the head hitting the ground? I suspect that'll be a big part of what the Dockers will argue at the tribunal. Can they win? The AFL tribunal's stance on these issues so far this year suggests they won't, but it's a fascinating question. It's going to be a fascinating case. Point four, if you are the Frio match committee and O'Meara's band stands, who is the player that comes into the team for him against Richmond? Is it Neil Erasmus, the teenager who did nothing wrong when he was brought into the team for two weeks to replace the suspended Matt Johnson? Or is it Will Brody, the big-bodied mid who played so well last year and polled more Brownlow votes than any other Dockers player other than Andrew Brayshaw? Brody polled 11 votes in the Brownlow last year, folks. The pair had virtually the same number of disposals for Peel in the waffle victory over West Perth last weekend. Who is ahead in the pecking order at Frio right now? Some more 4 by 4 points to get you driving to work this morning on the rest of the competition. Point one, the Eagles might have won one game, have a percentage of less than 55 and be the subject of relentless attack by the local media in particular. But if you weigh up the talent available at Carlton with two gun forwards, three gun midfielders and three gun defenders running around in their team for four wins, six losses and a draw next to their name at the moment, who has been the most disappointing club? We've heard board member Craig Matheson lost it in the rooms after the defeat against Sydney and then stepped down from the board after an angry clash with President Luke Sayers. Which club will submit to change first? Point two, if Brisbane's Dane Zorko put his hands on the face of Adelaide's Luke Pedler at the weekend with one finger pointed and rubbing in the vicinity of his eye having reached under Pedler's arm in a tackle to get there, why is Zorko's suspension only one week? Seriously, we're rubbing blokes out for laying tackles that go wrong now. What possible football function was Zorko performing? Point three, do we actually have to start suspending players for attempting to trick umpires into paying free kicks? 
We saw Western Bulldog Cody Waitman flat out take a dive against Gold Coast on the weekend, get a free kick and kick a goal in a game that went right to the wire. Luckily, the Bulldogs didn't win. We saw St. Max King flop after getting into a pushing match against Hawthorne's James Blank. We saw Adelaide's Taylor Walker make contact himself and initiate that contact with Brisbane's Harris Andrews, then go to ground when Andrews pushed back in, in retaliation in a bid to get a 50-metre penalty. I've heard commentators say that those players would feel embarrassed to see their actions caught on camera and won't do it again. I'm saying bulldust to that. If there are goals, 50-metre penalties and free kicks reversals on the line for it, players will do it until the end of time. If there are suspensions or heavy fines on the end of it, they will stop tomorrow. Umpires, if they suspect a flop, should tell the player concerned he's going to be investigated and it should be part of the MRO's review of the game. Punish it and we will stamp it out. And point four and finally, will the Gold Coast Suns play finals? And if they don't, is Coach Stuart Jew doomed? Matt Rowell and Noah Anderson are on the verge of superstardom now. Charlie Ballard and Sam Collins are credible intercept defenders. Ben King, Jack Lucosius and Ben Ainsworth give them formidable targets in attack. There are enough tools to get them there and they are close enough to make a run. The Suns have never finished higher than 12th. Is this the year? What do you think, folks? You can let us know on the temper at Bedshed text line. That is 0487 736 736. Or you can call us on our open line. That is 13 12 55. We'll take a break after the break. We'll be back with the General Manager of Football Operations at West Coast, Gavin Bell, to talk about their ongoing injury issues. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu new dealer today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Mark Duffield.